Hey guys, it's James Chester here. You're listening to the Gather Round the Lamp podcast by underagaslitlamp.com. Gather Round the Lamp, an Aston Villa podcast. Aimed in towards Archer! That's a fabulous header! Once again, the target's banished the flick on. Gather Round Villains and welcome back to Gather Round the Lamp, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by underagaslitlamp.com. Unai's army are on the march again after they backed up their Everton win to make it 2-2 two two, with West Ham to come this weekend. So we'll be picking the bones out of all of that. I'm your host Andy and today I'm joined by both. Craig and Dan. Dun, 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 dun. Yes, we're both here. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Hello, listener, and hello to Daniel and Andy. It's a rare full house. I feel like I haven't seen both of you on the same pod for, for weeks. So it's good that we, we picked a cracker of a game to all come on and, and talk about. We were like Superman and Clark Kent for a long time, Daniel. People just weren't sure because we weren't ever seen in the same place at the same time. <laughs> that's it it's been a bit like a tag team hasn't it craig craig's always on after the defeats and uh and dan tags in for the for the wins normally <laughs> just Maybe a glorious uh... support of me <laughs> <laughs> but they've uh they've, they've both both come back for this one so it's uh it's got yeah great to have you have you both on and uh interesting game to 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 talk about really a few issues um first of all obviously the team news um Buendia, after his goal, Everton came back into the the starting lineup to replace Leon Bailey, and Moreno um, was given a start ahead of ahead of Luca Dean at, at left back. Um, Dendonka was still missing for for some reason, and uh, that meant we were down to eight subs. Um, the sub bench watch is uh, is an interesting debate at Aston Villa at the moment. Um, as of course, as well, we had the the obligatory two goalkeepers um, with Robin Olsen returning as well. Um, Emery said on Friday that he, he felt the way for this team to win at home at the moment is to focus on the clean sheets, um, try and replicate perhaps the away form. Um, and if there was any doubt, this this lineup confirmed that, Craig. Yeah, it was um it was it was it was really interesting in that we 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 see changes all the time with this with this uncle Unai's uh it's like it's like a a carousel almost a carousel of left backs at least. And um what we like to see I think is is horses for courses. I know you like a a team change Andy, don't you? And uh, Emery certainly is is obliging now some of these um injuries now are beginning to pile up as I'm sure we're going to we're going to talk about it in some more detail later on. Um, but I think this was this was the team to go and 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 and, and beat uh, Palace. Buendia came in probably deservedly after after his wonderful cameo against Everton, and um, and I think he played very very well. And again, he was denied an assist. <laughs> again, as we'll talk about later on. But um, the team looked very good, and and I thought we we the, the one word I tweeted after the game was control, um, and I think this team allowed us control. It was beautiful. Yeah, I mean, control is probably the right word. It wasn't a pretty performance, but I think the the overall picture of Emery's tenure is certainly shaping up to be easy on the eye. And I think 
Well, Andy and I on the pod last week were saying that maybe the solution to, to winning at Villa Park is, is probably not to shift four goals every game, but to start you know, treating it like an away game, like we have done. I think that's what Unai did here. It, it felt like we were the away team for a lot of the a lot of the performance. But to be honest with you, I, I really don't care. We got clean sheet. We I felt like we controlled the game. We weren't really under threat at all, I don't think, all game. And we just kind of manhandled them out of the points. I mean, sure, we'll come on to the entertainment factor, I'm sure. But at the end of the day, we got three points in a clean sheet at home. It's better than losing 4-2. Yeah, I kind of kind of agree with that. <laughs> it's always nice to to leave the ground after a win. It kind of feels obviously feels better. Not really interested in in the game. I think that's why the and we will talk about the fans in a bit. That's why the I think the away fans are having such a great time at the moment because they're seeing wins. Um and uh you know, that's kind of the main thing away from home and, and you know, there perhaps is a, a, a bit more of a an expectation at home to, to to put on a bit of a show. I think I think Emery had tried to do that, hadn't he, in the in the previous two home games and and obviously it hadn't worked out and, and perhaps he he realised that maybe they'd um they'd gone a bit too early too soon. We'd taken the handbrake off maybe. But I remember Stephen Gerrard actually saying a similar thing last season that he felt that as well he felt that um you know they they'd maybe gone they tried to be too expansive too soon um is this i mean there's a definite connection there isn't it when they almost when when they try and let them play and let them be more expansive and entertaining that they 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 seem to uh you know not be able to do it. They can't do both sides of the game. Yeah, I think that Gerald was bang on. What 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 he really needed was more time to integrate McGinn as a right back and Ramsey <laughs> as a left back. I, I do think that he did try and push that a little too soon. If he had just waited ten or twenty years, um, that would have been bang on. Um, but with with Emery, it's a slightly different thing. I think the 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 interesting thing that I have observed, I think, is there has been an, an an onus or a um, a desire, seemingly, for us to be more expansive and more entertaining and more front foot at home, and obviously that has worked. We've had some wonderfully entertaining games: uh, the the three one against Man United, brilliant game; the Liverpool defeat, brilliant game; the uh, the the Arsenal and Leicester games were both both brilliant watches. The problem is we were on the wrong side of a hiding in three out of those four, so something had to give something had to be adjusted and taking some of that pragmatic um, defensive solidity that we've seen away from home was the thing to do just to reset a little bit. And I don't think that means that we're going to see really um, kind of cautious football forever. As you say, I think it is just a bit of a process for us to get used to Emery's ways, get used to Emery's systems and for us to move forward in coherent steps. But I would flatly reject any link between Gerard and Unai Emery other than they both have held the title of manager of Aston Villa I think that is where the comparisons begin and begin and end I think we also got to remember who we were playing I mean we made Palace look ordinary and they have been on a terrible run but but look at those three players behind the front man and it's, it's Zaha Eze and, and Alise and that's a really exciting attack in midfield and don't forget Jordan Ayew well yeah Jordan <laughs> Ayew but you know you you have that 
that's a lineup that can beat Villa in transition. That's a lineup that, if we're sloppy with passes, can go up the other end and score, which which we almost saw in the first half, were it not for for VAR coming to our aid. So, I mean, it's they're, they're no slouches. Their underlying stats actually are better than their performances have been, and so we needed to manage this game. If we'd have gone gung ho. With that much pace on the break, we could have been two or three down by half the time if we weren't sensible. But but it's just a man with a plan. And and as you say, Andy, like it's what's more entertaining at a football ground? Is it seeing your team win and keeping a clean sheet, or is it just end to end basketball? And I quite like a clean sheet. I quite liked what we were doing here. I found it surprisingly enjoyable to watch. And I don't think I was having the kittens that other other Villa fans were having whilst watching us play it out the back. It's it was a sedate afternoon for me watching this one for a change. Yeah, I did. I did make the point beforehand that um, you know, obviously, it's eleven. It was eleventh v twelfth. Patrick Vieira has clearly, you know, seen the the problem with with um, being caught on the transition multiple times, and he's solidified the midfield and gone gone very defensive. Um, and Unai Emery mentioned the phrase "clean sheet" about four hundred <laughs> times in his press conference. So we kind of knew, I think, what what game we were going to get. And uh, I was actually surprised there was one goal. I think in the in the end, but you know, it was um, it was an interesting game. And like you say, uh, Dan, it, it it nearly it nearly kind of started how it how it left off against against Arsenal with uh, with Palace getting through the. the with getting through the back line and Zaha really doing pretty well. I mean, he was only he was only a, a millimetre offside, really, and you know took it round Martinez really well and, and finished and you know really kind of milked it in front of the in front of the Holt end and the and the and the Whitten Lane stand there and and he um he got he got a torrent of abuse <laughs> um and then he was made to look silly by by the VAR decision. <laughs> Which was which was a lovely moment, um, <laughs> and I think really really set the uh, set the set the tone. Really, then I think I think that had he scored that, I think I think we are looking at a very different different game all of a sudden, and we're we're in a position where we we have to chase the game, then don't we? Um, but we were, we were able to be to be patient. Um, just on that goal, I know it was you know it was good that it was disallowed from a Villa point of view, but. Is that offside? Really? Yeah. <laughs> offside is offside, Andy. I mean, it was clear clear as day. I mean, I thought to myself as soon as I saw it, oh, he's a, he's a good two yards offside there. Um, I had no, no, I'm joking. Um, it was very close. <laughs> the, the the offside rule is 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 always difficult because I think you do want to favour the attacker really. Football is about goals. We do want to see goals. But clean sheets, we also, as Villa fans, want to see clean sheets. <laughs> clean sheets are sexy, ladies and gentlemen, both at home and on the football field. Anyway, yeah, so the uh, the, the, the goals is kind, of do, is kind of what we want to see. So we want it to favour attackers. I did actually enjoy, and I wonder if this is coming to the Premier League. This is a slight tangent, but, you know, hey, hey. Um the the wonderful kind of virtual reality, augmented reality, whatever it was in the World Cup offside thing, where they had the kind of heads poking through the the the, the, the mesh um, to see who was onside or offside, much sexier and much more entertaining than the, than the than the laborious lines that we see in the Premier League, um, <laughs> and also probably a little bit more um, 
a little bit more accurate perhaps so that would be a curious question for me is 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 why are we using the kind of 1980s lines rather than the virtual reality fifa stuff why stop at virtual reality? Let's get some kind of permeable membrane and just stick it up on a line that's constantly going backwards and forwards and players have to run through it or not run through it. If you, had, if, if you had permeable membrane on your gather around the gas lamp uh, uh, bingo card, then you win a free uh, gather around the lamp uh, 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 Bronx hat. <laughs> no, I, on the VAR and the offside thing, I, it's one of those things. I, I dislike VAR. I dislike this nonsense about working how many millimeters players are offside, unless it's uh, it's a player scoring against Villa in in an early moment of a match, in, in which, as you say, Andy, that would have turned the match in a direction that wasn't in our favour. So, in that way, I suppose VAR's working. But I don't know. I still hate to see it, unless, of course, it is Wolf Zaha. And and the goal gets disallowed, in which case I take quite a lot of pleasure out of it. Oh, it was funny. It was really funny. I mean, it was great because he he went he, he gave it the big one in front of the Villa fans, and uh, you know, obviously was made to made to look silly. And he kind of went into his shell a little bit. Mm. I think that set the tone then for him. He was he's he's usually one. You know, it's he's very easy to wind up, isn't he? He's he's, he's that kind of character. Um, I wouldn't want to play with him. He's constantly moaning at, at his teammates and throwing his arms in the air. Um, not not a fan, really, of, of Zaha. Excellent player, though, and it was it was a good goal that would have stood um, a few years ago. So um, no, but but again, you know, maybe it balances out with the Arsenal goal a couple of weeks ago. That was probably offside and, and not given. So. I have you a know, couple of Zaha questions, and you've just you've just you've just told us your feelings. But Zaha is available on a free transfer at the end of the season. <laughs> Andy, Daniel, would we take Zaha on a free at Aston Villa? No, it's a tough one. It all depends on the off-field stuff. On the field, yeah, but as Andy says, there's. there's it's the throwing his arms up in the end. He's got a touch of the Fernandes about him, you know, in the fact he gives up in certain games or in other games. He he just looks like he's got the bit between his teeth. And I think we've had too many of them at Villa for too long. We need we need a team full of steady eddies for a while. And I think that's probably what Emery's going to be aiming for is, is consistent players rather than the Mavericks. But, I mean, I, I think his biggest problem is going to be his wages. He's on a free, but I bet you he's going to demand a fair amount in, in wages. And he's getting on a bit now too. Wow. Yeah. Uh, listener, I I am in stark contrast to these two. I would snap your hand off for Wilfred Zaha or Aston Villa. I think on a three-year deal, I think he's he's got lots of gas in the tank. I think he's wonderfully talented. I think he's been hamstrung by being in a bad Crystal Palace side. And I think in a better team with good structure, he'd be flying. And also, let's remember, if we're creating transfer rumors out of thin air, um, last time I did this, I think Coutinho signed for Aston Villa, so be careful with me. I'm a secret alchemist over here. Uh, let's not forget that Unai, Unai Emery tried to sign Zaha for Arsenal and ended up with Nicolas Pepe. Um, so let's just slide that one in there as well. Maybe Nicolas Pepe is available on a free at the end of I'm the season. I'm sure he is. We could, we could have our pick. <laughs> What's Julian Draxler up to these days? <laughs> I was going to say that <laughs> Touche, Andy, touche. <laughs> yeah, but we got away with one, didn't we? We got away with one a little bit and, um, you know, we were all delighted about that. 
it's actually been a great weekend seeing Zaha forlorn and and uh, Fernandez with tears in his <laughs> eyes um, as Man United conceded their seventh goal outfield. <laughs> <laughs> it was a it was a lovely moment as well. It's been a good weekend for that sort of thing, um, but yeah, I mean, the, obviously getting on to the getting on to the, the the Villa goal. I mean, it was um, one of these excellent moves. The second time in in two games that that Villa have started a move from from Martinez, which has finished with the ball in the back of the net at the other end. Um, Mings, Douglas, Louise, Camera. And and of course John McGinn, all involved. Lovely, lovely ball from from John McGinn to find Matty Cash's run and his cross. Aim for Watkins looked for all the world like Watkins was going to tuck it home, and and uh, Anderson came sliding in and uh, and did the job for him for an own goal. Um, like I say, another another example of of um, you know Emery's philosophy really and how he wants to play um, after the the. The Coutinho goal against Arsenal. So, talk me through this and how how this approach kind of kind of works so well um, for Villa. How how does this this kind of build up end up in this kind of opportunity? I'm still not over the Zaha thing. I can't believe you wouldn't have him over Leon Bailey. Goodness me. Anyway, yeah. Well, this is this is the the this is the becoming the golden question almost amongst the Villa fan base. There is a chasm developing, gentlemen. Uh, you're either in or you're out. You're either left or you're right. And this is something which is definitely dividing fans, both in the stadium and certainly on Twitter, which, I mean, Twitter is always a bit of a, you know. But um, the, 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 the idea behind the, the patient build-up from the back is to move your opponent around. Move your opponent around, lull them into a false sense of security, and as happened with this particular goal, as we saw with the beautiful Coutinho goal against league leaders and the best team in the league, Arsenal, both on both of those occasions, we were able to isolate one of the fullbacks and uh, get in behind that fullback. Uh, it was Ben White for the for the Coutinho goal with the Mourinho uh, doing the cutback, uh, the dummy from Buendia and the, the, the beautiful finish from Coutinho. And it was Tyrit Wright who went to sleep for this one, who missed a run from Matty Cash. McGinn releases him with a really nice ball and the ball ends up in the back of the net. Those players are not pulled out of position in that way without the patient build-up from the back, without probing and 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 moving and 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 nipping and tucking and dancing. It, it is, I said touche a moment ago, it is fencing. It is chess. It is not necessarily um, Sean Dyche football. It is not let's pump a diagonal to Keenan Davis, get big Chris Wood or Keenan Davis to win the win win the flick on and then someone, you know, rats it in off the uh, off the bar or, you know, big Michael Keane and Tarkovsky scrambling it in uh, from a pen- penalty box scramble. Now there is merit to that kind of football. Um so I'm not being dismissive or condescending towards it. It is very, very effective. However, this is not the kind of football that the teams at the top play. It's not the type of football that Arsenal play or Man City play. And if Aston Villa are aspiring aspiring to move up the league, if you look at all the teams above us in the Premier League table, even the teams on lesser budgets, it is not the kind of football that Brentford play. It is not the kind of football that Brighton play. It is not the kind of football that Fulham play. All the teams above us in the league do not play dice ball. So 
that in itself is why we're doing it. The Those two goals are examples of when it works. And we are able to rip teams apart and score goals in, in very short periods of time. You know, we, we cut them from back to forth. And those kind of moments are what the process is. And those kind of moments are what the process yields if it's followed and if it's adhered to. But it requires support and buy-in. It requires support from the players and buy-in from the players. And almost more importantly, particularly with the home fans at Villa Park, who have been audibly moaning and groaning, it requires buy-in from the fans. And the buy-in from the fans, at least a very vocal section of them, is not there at this moment in time. I mean, it's a really interesting one, this, because I, I was trying to think about it. It's it's not just a playing out from the back issue, because, I mean, fans in England are used to people playing out from the back now, right? We watched the England team do it. For, for years, we've been kind of swooning over videos of continental teams playing out from the back and wishing we could do it like them. I think maybe the issue is Unai Emery's particular brand of playing out from the back, because visually it's kind of arresting it's it's very very slow it is deliberately slow the players take a long time on the ball they take almost deliberate heavy touches and the whole point of that is you want to entice the press like you could tell from the start of this palace did not want to press us they did not want to come out to us whatsoever so what do you do do you just keep banging yourself against that brick wall do you try and tempt them out and to tempt them out you've got to give them Give them a little morsel, a little bit of bait to suck them in. And that's where that slow tempo comes in. If if Mings is knocking it slowly to Conter and then back to Martinez, then someone like Zaha thinks, I can get in there. I can nick that next one. And then before you know it, you've knocked the ball around him and, and you're up and you've got a gap in the, the team. Or maybe you take a slightly longer touch on the ball or a slightly heavier touch. And, and we saw it a few times, actually, where both Mings and Conter were kind of controlling the ball and letting it ping two, three yards away from their foot, which you don't normally see a centre-back doing. But again, it entices the press in from, from a team that don't want to press, and then you create the space and go around them. And I think that's maybe the problem, is, is, is Villa fans are used to seeing the ball played out from the back with other teams, but we're not used to this particular brand of playing out from the back. And it's, as I say, it's a deliberate tactic. It's, it's the classic rope-a-dope. You, you make them think that they've got a chance to come and get the ball. They, they launch a few players into the press, unbalance themselves, and, and then we go up the other end and score. Both the cash one and the Coutinho one, 19 seconds from Martinez to, to the goal. And that's, that's deliberate. You know, that is planned. It's not a coincidence. It takes that long between the two goals. So I don't know. I think it's, I think it's partly a case of education for the fans, but I think it's partly Emery ball too. Like he does this. It's what he did at Villarreal and it's, it's working. That's the main thing. We're scoring goals from it. We're not just hoofing the ball long or rushing the possession. We're controlling a game like this one. It was ugly, but we were in complete control of it. And that's because we were playing it out from the back. I think if we don't play it out slowly, we don't score a goal in that game. Like we don't create that space for that one chance that we can convert it. Yeah, it's kind of a case of kind of slow, slow, quick, isn't yeah. it? It's it's that it's very much that that like kind a of good rhythm, lover. that kind of <laughs> that kind of tempo. I'll defer to you on that one, Craig. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 um, it's that kind of it's that kind of um, you know very. It's, it, there's a pattern to it, isn't there? And when we've seen, you know, because it, it we, I'm going to 
talk about Gerard again. Oh, no. But Gerard wanted us to play out from the back. You know, that's that's what he, he wanted to do. But the plan wasn't there. There was no rhythm to it. There was no tempo. Um, there was and and it and, and it was just a, an idea that was not really backed up with any substance. Here we have substance. The 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 question is is whether whether the players um, are are up to it on a over a, a whole match or a, or a, or or a, or a, a few games or a season. You know, it's it's whether they it's whether they're really at that level to be able to to do it consistently. Um, and there might be question marks over certain certain players in the team, but I think it felt like, um, and I've been really critical of the squad, but it it felt like on on Saturday that there was a massive buy in from the players. They were they were determined. I think they changed it up as well. It, it was notice, noticeable that certainly early in the second half, the, they were going long more. Martinez went long. Um, they were kind of, kind of hit, trying to hit Watkins more, um, which you know was. I guess you have to kind of change things up a little bit. You have to expect that that the opposition, particularly when they're behind, are gonna are gonna react and do something, aren't they? Um, so I think that was that was that was quite clever, and you know the the crowd kind of relaxed a bit when they saw the ball being launched forward. But you know it's. Um, it's an interesting one. I just thought it was a lovely goal. It was a shame it was an own goal. It always spoils it a little bit, doesn't it? Um, but it was a it was a fantastic move. Just, probably even even better than the um, than, than the, the Arsenal move, really. Um, you know, really incisive, and you know, like you say, from keeper to 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 the to the back of the net. It's um, it was lovely. I think the thing to to think about with this too. I said it when Emery took charge. Is Look at what Brighton did under Potter. Is the early days they were playing it out from the back. The fans were getting on the players' backs. The pundits were saying no, they couldn't do it. And now Brighton's DNA under both Potter and now Deservey is playing the ball out from the back. The the fans are comfortable with it. The fans applaud it. The players are used to it. I mean, he's got Lewis Duncan and the backup goalkeeper pinging the ball around the back line. I mean, it can be coached. Emery's been with us, what, for 12 games now? And it's going to take time. And and if it looks that good after 12 games, imagine what it's going to look like next season. Imagine what it will look like in two seasons' time. And and I think you're right to bring up the point of us going longer in the second half, is, is it wasn't a case of us reacting to the crowd. It wasn't a case of us getting desperate. That's where the gap was, second half. We didn't have to manufacture the gap anymore because the gap was there because because Palace were chasing the game. And and that's what Emery's going to do. He's a pragmatic guy. He's going to look for the opportunity to score the goal, whether that's a long ball down the middle or playing it out from the back. He knows how to get that goal in any given moment. So I think what we're probably going to be talking about next week is a very different kind of passing out from the back because West Ham will come at us more, so it won't be as slow and ponderous. And I think Villa fans just have to get used to that. We're going to look a little bit different each and every game, but as long as we keep winning and keeping clean sheets, I mean that's that's the identity, I guess. And the 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 example of what you're talking about there, um, Daniel, would be the second goal against Everton, which wasn't a long Sean Dyche uh, diagonal to Keenan Davis. I've got a Keenan Davis Davis update <laughs> update for your listener in a minute. Don't worry. It was. It was a carefully crafted, um, floated ball from Mings into Watkins. Watkins, um, beautiful first touch into McGinn, beginning to Buendia. And the reason that that space existed for that longer ball over the top from Mings is because, as Daniel was saying, um, they uh, Everton were 1-0 down. They, they had to 
push numbers forward. And rather than playing around the press, we were able to play over the press. And all of a sudden, we're at that back line with one decent pass from Mings into Watkins. And then we've got we've got uh, McGinn herring down on goal. And he's got Watkins to his right, Buendia to his left. He picks out Buendia. Buendia uh, sends Cody and Tarkovsky for a bag of chips and bangs it in the bottom corner for, for a 2-0 victory. So we are going to see those moments. And there were also opportunities in that second half. Um, I think the one where McGinn had a really good chance towards the end um, where... There was a bit of a slip. I think it was a break, and Callum Chambers was striding forward like a like a the young stallion that he is. And um, and and again, that happened because the space opened up in the second half. Palace brought on another forward, uh, Mateta, and and those spaces opened up because Palace had to push for the game. Um, I, I I'd like to know what your take is, Andy, and uh, up up in the the whole end. What kind of noises and murmurings and shouts are you hearing? Is it is it a lot or, or what? What's the kind of percentages? Is it a large number of people just saying kick it forward, get it, get it up there, or or is it you know is it less? Is it a minority of people doing that kind of thing? Do you think? Um, I think there's a lot of anxiety when Villa when the, the Villa defenders have the ball. There were two moments in the first half. There was one moment where Mings got caught on the ball on the uh, on the odd occasion that that Crystal Palace did press they they caught him and he but he ended up getting it out for a, a throw in I think it was and there was a moment as well when Douglas Louise got got caught um in a similar sort of area and there's a lot of anxiety and the, 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 they react badly to that you know there's a, a lot of kind of standing up throwing your arms at, at players and shouting and berating players um in in those instances which is obviously you know daft really but i suppose it's natural as well that's how fans generally react and behave there's also there was this strange phenomena where there were some and the odd occasion in the first half where the ball was cleared forward um sort of sarcastic kind of cheers from fans you know as if Finally, this is what we've been waiting for, you know, the long volley forward, do you know what I mean? And that's a bit weird. That's a bit I said to you on the on on the on the group chat, it's a bit it's 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 a bit culture war culture warish, isn't it? It's a bit kind of, you know, I'm nailing my colours to the long ball mast, you know, it's kind of, you know, a bit a bit odd. Um and it, it would it would probably be more appropriate if we were losing these games and we were getting caught caught out a lot and conceding goals um and that sort of thing but but we're not really we're in control of games and playing quite well so um it's a bit strange there there is i think there is a split there's a lot of there are fans that just aren't having it they're not having the style of play they like emery <laughs> but they don't like they don't want to see aston villa playing like that um and and i can honestly say that you know, in my mind, culturally, Aston Villa play play on the counter attack. Um, that's how generally the best teams I've seen at Villa Park um, have played. And but that's not necessarily because that's how we choose to play. That's just because of the managers we've had we've had at the time, the players we've been able to attract, and the positions that we've been in. Um, that's why we've played that way. So what I what I want is a is a is a 
a more progressive, um, modern, up-to-date style, and that's what we're getting there. We're 22 points from 12 games now, (laughs) which is is pretty good. Pretty good. (laughs) Pretty, pretty good performance that from a manager and this is this is my problem I wasn't at the game I feel like I don't have as much of a say in it but I mean what does Joe in in 7f of the whole know compared to Unai Emery who's won multiple trophies like this is the most successful manager we've had at Villa Park for ages maybe he knows something that we don't in the crowd maybe Route 1 football is not the sunlit uplands we thought it was and maybe Maybe, you know, the man who's won some European trophies has an idea of how to go and win games. It's I just find it such an odd thing that, that fans complain about. And I think it will only change over time. Maybe maybe Unai Emery's playing out from the back is like olives. You know when you're a kid and you hate olives and then over time you develop your taste buds and, and it turns out you love them and they're the best thing ever. Maybe that's it. Maybe Unai Emery's passing out from the back is going to be like like eating olives. I mean, can I can I switch out the olives and have pepperoni? Yeah, no. yeah go, go oh, I'm on board. I'm on board then. <laughs> it, that that form, by the way, that those numbers extrapolated over a 38 game season would have us have us finishing on 69.66 points. If we ran that up, that's 70 points. That would have us finishing fifth last season in the Premier League. Let me say that again. <laughs> that would have us Aston Villa with players who many of our fans are convinced are not good enough, finishing fifth in the Premier League. The season before, 2021, that would have had us finishing third in the Premier League. So I don't know what more (laughs) I can really do that he's doing with what he has to convince people that this is going to be effective does he need to have some kind of telethon? Does he need to get some <laughs> some Baptist preachers out and, and 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 lay hands on people just to to make them believe? What more can the man do to convince the masses that that his way is the right way? Well, and, and this is it. That you know, I was going to sort of come on come on to this, but we might as well kind of get into it. You know, you say we, we would have finished fifth in the form table since Emery arrived. We are fifth in the in the league, in the, you know, we, that, that, that is how it is. We've got the joint best away record, which is unheard of, um, you know, si- since he came, we've only lost to Man City away from home, you know, and that wasn't, a, I mean, it was a bad first half, but it was a, we left feeling reasonably encouraged. Um, yeah. After, after that game. Um, but it is this kind of this kind of um, discontent, isn't it? About the and it wasn't a great match. There's 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 no there's no doubt about that. It wasn't a great match. But like Craig said earlier, we've we've watched lots of great matches at Villa Park um, not this season and in previous seasons, other seasons where we haven't been um, where we haven't taken the points. You know, we've been we've been gallant losers like we were against Arsenal um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I, I much prefer this this, sure. this way. And it's also, I was saying to someone someone the other day, you know, we, at the moment we have previously we've had, if you think back to our manager, I mean we've had some real dross, haven't we? But even just the last two managers we've had, they've been managers who are kind of trying to prove themselves at that level at the same time as we are. So they're kind of 
experimenting to some degree, you know, and, and finding out whether they can whether they can hit the heights in the Premier League. Um, sort of trying to drag us along, you know, it or move up together, sort of learning thing. on the job. Now, yeah, learning on the job. There we go. Now we have a manager who is two or three levels above Aston mm-hmm. Villa in terms of his career, certainly over the last 10 years, um, who really we had no right to get. We had no right to actually um, get this manager, um, get Unai Emery. He's come in to take a job, you know, to to, and the idea is that he's going to hopefully drag us up to his level, you know, so he can compete with Aston Villa in the kind of competitions and for the trophies that that he's accustomed to competing for. So that's kind of that's that this is a much better situation, but I've heard people saying maybe we shouldn't have a manager of that level, maybe we should have someone who who kind of is is more is a is a, is is of a, a different a different level, more appropriate level for us. I, what, what do you think? I can't get my head around that. I mean, surely you want your team to be successful, kind of. Let's and again, you're right. The form's been amazing since Emery came in, and not forget where we were when Gerard went. We were flirting with relegation. I thought we were shooing to go down, and I can't imagine the thinking process that says I don't want a top quality manager at my club. And I think you're right, Andy. Emery is above Villa's level right now, but he's going to drag us up there. And and what I found particularly interesting watching this game on the uh, the the dodgy stream I was watching it on is they had a microphone by the Villa Park dugout, and and all I heard throughout the match when the crowd were getting a little bit antsy, a little bit restless, Emery was applauding the players for playing out from the back for taking the risks. He doesn't care what the 38,000 odd people in Villa Park are saying. He's applauding his players for doing what he wants them to do. And eventually everyone else will go along for the ride. It's The bandwagon will gather so much pace that the rest of the fans quite, can't quite uh, help but jump on board with it. And they'll be booing when Tyrone pumps it long or something. It's <laughs> It will all change. We know it will change. I've said before that... I guarantee you there'll be Villa fans complaining if we went on a tear tomorrow and, and qualified for Europe. They complain we didn't make the Champions League. It's just, we're, we're a moany bunch. We like to have a moan. I, I don't know why, but um, we're never going to be happy. And that's not, part of the problem. <laughs> not to be cynical, but can you have a successful club with that kind of ethos amongst the fan base, with that kind of culture within the fan base. We haven't won a trophy for 30 years. And if you go back and watch the highlights of that uh, cup final against Leeds in, in 1996, um, or the cup final two years before against Manchester United, it's basically a different sport at this point. <laughs> what you watch in there, if you go back and watch it, get, jump on YouTube, they're on there. You will see almost a, basically a different sport. It's, it's, it's like apples and pomegranates. If you're Unai Emery, and you're used to being kind of hero worshipped. And I think he is worshipped still by the fan base. Everyone loves him. And yeah. you're used to people giving you trust and, and, and buying into what you do because what you do brings success. And it brings success. Obviously, he's won trophies with PSG and, and all that jazz. And, and you know, probably um, my, my daughter's pet rabbit could, could, could win some trophies with PSG. So there's not a lot of, 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 of nuance in that. But to win Europa Leagues and, 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 and trophies with Sevilla and, 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 and Villarreal is something special. Is there a scenario where Emery looks at these kind of 
fans as just ungrateful. And then he's like, what am I doing this for? Or am I getting carried away here? I think he's too much of a person. He knows, he's a man who knows himself. He's proved himself. I don't think he cares. I think as long as the team are performing on the pitch and the board are happy with him, which, you know, if he keeps going this direction, they will be, then I think he doesn't particularly care. He's made of sterner stuff than Steven Gerrard, who I think was playing to the gallery a bit too often. And the same with Dino, to be fair, much so loved him. Uh, but just a little correction, Craig. It's uh, we actually won the Inter Toto Cup since there, so so we've oh. not been starved to silverware for that long. But... My 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 bad, my yeah. bad. I'm sorry. We we got a, we got a trophy for the playoff final as well. That's a good point. We did, <laughs> which was one of one of the finest days I've had as a as an Aston Villa fan. So, but um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 an it's an odd one, isn't it? I think I think. You do kind of get this feeling when you're at the ground sometimes that that it's all wasted on certain people. You know, that, <laughs> they, they don't they, they don't really well, they cut don't to the, really cut to the chase. Why don't you, Andy? Yeah, I think there are people that are going that just don't understand what they're watching, and I, I don't claim to be any any tactical expert, but I can see why they're doing what they're doing. Like I've said before. It, it doesn't necessarily fit with what I previously thought was my my ideal sort of Aston Villa um, approach to, to to football. But what I want is 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 something defined and um, progressive and and successful on the field to watch. And I like leaving Aston Villa um, having won. You know that's that's that, that's the main thing. I also like to see. Players improving, and without a doubt, you know we've we've talked about who have we talked about on this on this podcast this season of players who are possibly finished Aston Villa, Tyro Mings, Esri Conza, um, <laughs> Emmy Martinez, um, McGinn, John McGinn, absolutely, Matt Cash, who 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 was brilliant on Ollie. Saturday, Ollie Watkins, you know, all these players are. Having a resurgence under Emery, they're all they're buying in now. They're they're you know they're they're, they're trying. They don't always get it right, um, but as we've as we've as we've seen that you know that they are players that that you know they can adapt. You know, I've questioned their attitude. I've questioned some of the culture. That will come over time, I think. But it's great to see players stepping up and and and, and trying to improve their game. Talking about players improving, how good was John McGinn at the weekend? By the way, we, I kind of ate a bit of humble pie last week, saying he he defied my ridiculous prediction that he was finished at Villa, and he was phenomenal this week. And and you're right, Andy. Again, that's Emery and the style of play getting that out of John McGinn because he's not chasing the ball around constantly and filling in at right back anymore. Yeah, you have to give him massive credit, John McGinn, and I think Unai has to also have credit for finding a role finally, which really suits John McGinn and just allowing John McGinn to be the, the version of John McGinn that we that we that we long to see. Um and and long may it continue. He he was he was again outstanding um and 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 full credit to him. Um we all love John McGinn and we hope he can continue doing the great stuff he's doing. I think when he finally breaks, I think he said in an interview last week he hasn't scored for 40 something games. Yeah. I think when he finally breaks that, um, which he nearly did in the second half, um, 
uh, had a good chance and 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 hit the goalkeeper. I think I think the roof will go off the whole end. I think he's um, he's really win, winning the fans back. Not that he had to really, but I think we I think we felt that that he'd gone. You know, we, there was a feeling that he was perhaps finished, and you know, players coming in would be replacing him. And I no longer think think that. I, th- I think he's. I think he's made that that right hand position his own now um, for now, and I think it's going to take a real, a really good player to actually come and take that off him. I, I agree. agree. Yeah, and John McGinn. I think his last goal was actually against Palace, so it would have been a nice bookend for him to score here. And I, I think maybe the problem with McGinn, and we won't go down this rabbit hole too much, is he was tarred with a Gerard brush a little bit. He was Gerard's pet project, his mini me, wasn't he? And I think. He kind of got tarred with the brush that way, but he's he's back to his best, and I thought was absolutely phenomenal here. He was best player on the park by a long shot, and and you know should have had a goal. And then you're right, I, the roof would have come off. And I like nothing more than to see him score. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It was it was a it was a bit of a you know a, a sort of one pace second half really, wasn't it? I think Leon Bailey did come on, and I think he provided um, a little bit more of a. A little bit more pace up front, a bit more of an outlet. Um, hadn't had did create the opportunity, I think, for McGinn. Um, and he certainly he certainly gave a little bit of forward impetus. Um, also, Duran Duran came on and he, he had a shot from a, a crazy angle towards the end, which you know. And I think he's going to be um, he's going to be entertaining, isn't he? I think he is going to be a player that's a bit in that. Um, very unorthodox type of mode, a bit like someone. I mean, I said Paolo Wanchop, you know, if anyone remembers him, but you know, that kind that kind of you know, you're not sure what he's going to do. Um, he's going to take some harnessing, I think, Craig. Yeah, that shot was absolutely <laughs> wild. I think if, if you if you watch the clip, Buendia goes absolutely batshit at him <laughs> for doing that. Uh, I think either he, he wanted a pass or he wanted him to, to to retain retain the ball. Highly ambitious, the 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 exuberance of youth. You, you kind of love to see it. Plays with a smile on his face and and uh, uh, a vivacity, if that's a word. I think it might be, or maybe not. And um, and it's really really cool to see and. I think as we as we as we're moving forward, maybe we'll see some more minutes from him. But he does look like an exciting prospect, and certainly one that has that has. Certainly, we're seeing some some raw tools. Uh, I do want to take a little segue to give my weekly Keenan Davis update. Now, unfortunately, <laughs> I've been I've been counting this fifteen million pounds for for Watford's promotion um, from from Keenan Davis. Very sadly, Watford have, have, have now really slipped out of the out of the playoff places. And uh, Slavin Bilic has paid the price with his job today. So he's been sacked as Watford manager. And uh, our old friend Chris Wilder has come in from from falling of Sheffield United fame. So Watford currently sit in 10th, but they're four points adrift from the playoffs now. And we really need Keenan to kick on in this, 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 this tail end of the season so we can get that £15 million. <laughs> That's Absolutely, Keenan's third manager in a season so far at Watford. <laughs> well, it, it, that is Watford. I mean, you that's just Watford. Yeah, so it's 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 awful, isn't it? I mean, it's terrible. Just the fans must be despairing. They're they're a bit of a laughing stock, aren't they? But yeah, um, I was going to say another striker who who made an appearance on 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 Saturday was Juan Pablo Angel, who came on to to at the start of the game to 
to greet the fans. He's obviously been at the uh, training ground. There's there's some footage of him um, with the players, with John Duran and Emery and the, and the, and the lads uh, at the training ground the day before. Um, and he got an absolutely brilliant reception before the game. It was it was. Uh, he's really held in in high regard, isn't he? And he's kind of ours because he only he only really played for us, didn't he? Um, you know, in this this area of the world, he's he, he sort of came from uh, River Plate, I believe, and uh, sort of spent some time in the MLS after us. But he never really, he never he never went anywhere else um, in Europe, did he? And uh, he's kind of ours, and I think he he regards himself as a as a Villa fan. And yeah, great to see him. Um, fond memories of Juan Pablo Angel. I was there for Juan Pablo Angel's debut. Um, which I want to say was at home to Leeds. Don't quote me on that, but that is what's coming to my head. And I think Leeds won 2-0, or they they, they smashed us, and Viduka basically ran the show. He was a very talented player on his day, Mark Viduka. I could be getting this all wrong. Someone's frantically <laughs> Googling this, and it was a completely different year. But if I'm right, it was it was a Viduka, I think Viduka and Hasselbank maybe, front for leagues. Viduka definitely was playing. Anyway, Leeds smashed us. It was a really good Leeds team. Uh, you'll be pleased to hear, Andy. I know you like Leeds. <laughs> and um, I remember Angel looked cold. He looked skinny, and he looked lost. <laughs> He did not have a good debut. But obviously, he, he took about 18 months, really. He was, talk about patience. He was, I think we all look back with rose-tinted glasses now because obviously the, the end of his Villa career was much more um, magnificent. But in the beginning, he he took a long old time to settle before he, he came good. And um, I don't think he would have got the time now today. Um, I don't think he would have been indulged. I don't think he would have been given the patience to to adapt to the Premier League. And I, I don't think we would have seen that striker. I think he would have been out on loan with Morgan Sanson and Marvellous at Luton. The reason I love Juan Pablo is because he was bad for so long. Like, he didn't hit the ground running. He was terrible. He was mocked around the league. But we kind of took him under our wing and made him our own, and he repaid us. And there's a little lesson in there somewhere for for Villa fans, that you shouldn't write players off. You should should give them the time. And I mean, although to be fair, I don't think a situation like Juan Pablo would happen again with the... I think clubs after that got wise to, you know, maybe having someone who could speak their language or help them get their hair cut because he grew his hair out because he didn't know how to ask to get it cut and things like that. You know, help players settle when they've moved across the world from, from Argentina to Birmingham and might not know what's happened to them. But... Um, yeah, I have such fond memories. I mean, the club have played a blinder by rolling him out to to kind of do the John Duran stuff. Yeah, he's 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 really well thought of and and a, and a real you know a real hero. He's scored so many goals for Villa and um, yeah, top top player. I think the strange thing was I'm not sure he ever played with Ashley Young. Ashley Young signed, I think, just as he left the club potentially in Martin O'Neill's first season. So. But it's unbelievable that you know there's that kind of close connection almost between, well, a John Gregory signing and uh, and where we are now. You know, <laughs> two players kind of cover that period of time. So, yeah, amazing. But um, yeah, it's certainly good good to see him. Um, quick word on uh, on the, the obviously the injury, uh, Bubakar Kamara got a, a bad injury in the second half. Decore had two. T- two absolutely d- dreadful challenges. Um, I think possibly one a bit before yeah, as well, which probably should have been booked for. 
you know, the, the ref the ref, ref completely had no he was letting everything go and it was only a matter of time, I thought, before before someone got injured and unfortunately it was uh Bibikar Kamara who who looks like he's gonna be out for a few weeks, which is probably not a bad result c- considering how the pictures looked um after that. So let's hope he is back soon. Um yeah, dread dreadful tackles, but what I mean, obviously, he's 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 been a good signing. He's had a bit of a stop-start uh, time this season with with now to sort of two injuries. Um, how do you think he's 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 settling in, and how are we going to replace him over the next few weeks? Three words: big daddy donk. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's his time to shine now. As wonderful as a cameo of um, of, of of my stallion Callum Chambers warbling forward. Um, in the last uh, dying embers, uh, I think there was there was an occasion um, where, where Chambers. Uh, I mean, Chambers did okay when he came on. Let's be fair. I think he put himself about. I think he knows where to be defensively. He's like he reminds me of a kind of Mille Jednak type. He, he was winning the, the the aerial duels. He was intercepting stuff, and um, and and he and he was in the right place. He was a, a defensive shield. Unfortunately, when it came to his distribution and in moving the football uh he was not really living the dream it's fair to say Callum Chambers whereas Dendonka I think is a bit better on the ball and also adds some of that defensive solidity I think that Dendonka um really has other than the Stevenage kind of debacle has really impressed me when 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 he's played so it'll be interesting to see I don't know what his his personal issue is I hope he's okay and um hopefully that gets resolved uh, whatever it is, and hopefully he's available now and it gives him an opportunity to step in. And again, we talk about strength and depth. This is a Belgian international and Belgium have very good players. So so this isn't some joker stepping in and um, and hopefully if, if available, we can see we can see Dendonka get, um, get a run of games. Yeah, I, mean, I think we're in a little bit of trouble here. I mean, Kamara is so crucial to the way we play. And the injury, by the way, is completely the referee's fault. The fact he didn't wave the card for a horror tackle before that meant that Decore just went flying in. And and to be fair, Chambers is lucky that he didn't come off worse as well from that tackle. But um, yeah, Dim Doncrap for personal issues. There's rumours that he's injured too, which could be worrying. And I think we're starting to look very lightweight in that central midfield then for, for all of Callum Chambers' hustle, bustle and physical attributes. He couldn't string a pass kind of two yards when he came on the weekend and it was noticeable how much worse we were. And I think there's we could be in real trouble if Dendonka is out for a while. We we didn't win any of the games, I think, when Kamara was out earlier in the season. And that's a worrying trend in itself. And, and Emery's talking about dropping Jacob Ramsey in there, which would be, I don't know, interesting to see. He's got the ball-playing skills, but whether he's that kind of tackler, I don't know. So... That that squad depth is starting to look a little bit thin again at the moment. And and how nice would it have been if we'd have brought Gwendouzi in over over January because he could have slotted in for the next few weeks quite nicely. But, but as Craig says, if if Big Daddy Donk is fit, I think he's a great player. The Stevenage game's the Stevenage game, but he's a really good player and and he can pass the ball around. And and I think he could be 13 million well spent, but. If he's injured, like the rumours are, are said to be, kind of, we're going to have to face up to the idea of Callum Chambers marauding forwards for a little bit longer, at least. Yeah, I think I prefer Callum Chambers than um, than Jacob Ramsey in there for, for sure. I think Ramsey's certainly his strengths are further forward, and and also I wouldn't really want to see McGinn moved back no. to that position because 
he's clearly thriving um, in that role, and I think that would be. I mean, the thing is with McGinn, he'll do he'll do the job what he's asked to do for the team, won't he? But um, I, I just feel that that would be a bit of a step back for him potentially. But you never know. I mean, he, he might rise to it, and he might he might um, he might do well there. He's certainly played alongside Louise plenty before in that kind of area, hasn't he? But just like him where he is, really. And but it, yeah, if if Dendonka is um, injured, then. There will be some shifting around to to be done, I think, and maybe that's 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 one of the things they could do. Um, yeah, it's it's just such a shame, isn't it? Because Camera makes just makes the the team tick, doesn't he? I think he's he's responsible for um, that, or, or partly responsible for for how quickly I think the team have progressed in terms of the the Emery playing style and um, him and Douglas Louise that partnership in there. Is is so vital for for how we play and um, he's a huge Gerard miss, popping round to Kamara's uh, flat in Paris uh, in Marseille. Sorry, yeah. is perhaps his greatest achievement as a football manager. No offense, Rangers fans. <laughs> no, I wholeheartedly <laughs> agree. That the, the overwhelming thing, and maybe Diego Carlos, if he comes good, is the overwhelmingly positive thing Gerard did for us. And on the, on the subject of Cameron, the reason I think we lose him is his distribution. Maybe that's why Emery thinks about putting Jacob Ramsey in there because he can progress the ball. And, and I don't, I don't know if I'm seeing the same Jacob Ramsey you are. No, I agree. But this was what Emery was saying in his press conference that, that Jacob could play there. And of course, he can't tackle in the same way that Cameron can, but he can run with the ball and he can break challenges, which is I think what Cameron does. And he's he's the kind of secret ingredient in that quick, quick, slow, or slow, slow, quick that we were talking about earlier. He's the one who, him and Dougie Louise are the ones who decide when to go from slow to quick. And I think taking out the team is going to be a real problem for us. Mm, <laughs> what did you think of Ramsey again on, on Saturday, Andy? To me, and this is this is probably a side conversation, but to me, he every time he's in a congested area and the ball goes into him, he rarely comes out with that football, I find. He, he conspires to lose it. But when he's got some green grass to run into, he is as good as anyone we've had probably since old Super Jack at running into that space and really frightening defenders. But I worry about his game in those congested areas, particularly if Emery's thinking about bringing him in central midfield. But, I mean, what's it look like live? Well, I, I thought against Everton, he looked he looked like he was more back to his, his best, you know, in terms of that, that, that you know, Running with the ball, you know, getting 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 into good areas. Um, I felt like he was snatching at things a little bit on on Saturday. I felt like he he was just trying to push it a bit too much and and running into running into brick walls in the Palace defence really. So um, yeah, not not his best performance, I didn't think. And um, I think he's a bit like McGinn as well. He needs. I think he just needs a a couple of goals to get his mojo back. Um he's so used to like last season he was he was keeping that that goal tally ticking over and I don't think he's he scored a, he, he got the winner against Southampton didn't he but I don't think he's scored since has he? Man United. Sorry. He's got against yeah, Man United. Yeah, memory's first game yeah. 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 Well but, next time you see him Andy walking his dog in Sutton yeah. Park you put an arm around him and have a whisper in his <laughs> you, you whisper sweet nothings into his ear hole and tell him you know we're, we're backing him to come good he's, he's our academy star now and, um, and and we all obviously want to see the best from him but it does seem like he's he's having some some you know his form can be described at probably patchy at best if we're being kind. 
Would you yeah, like to see yeah. him further forwards? You know, we we had Buendia coming off the front man. He came very deep this time. I, I always wonder if that could be JJ's best position. He's He's got the physicality to be further up, and he can still drop off and turn and run with the ball and might be a little bit less congested for him up there. But but I've been saying that for years now, and no Villa manager has pushed him forward. So clearly I don't know a thing. I think they like his 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 mid midfield attributes as well. Um, but Do you know who'd be really good up top with Ollie Watkins? <laughs> Wilfred Zaha. I thought you were going to say <laughs> Keenan Davis then. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh Speaking dear. of Ramsey, uh, did you lot see Ramsey's, uh, uh, the younger uh, uh, inc- incarnation, Aaron Ramsey's uh, brace for Middlesbrough at the weekend? Very, very impressive. Yeah, I haven't seen the goals, but I've, I, I saw that... Uh, that he'd done it, and yeah, re- I mean that's that's a that's a real big statement from him, isn't it? He's, Middlesbrough he's, he's, really going going well, and obviously yeah. two of our two of our uh, star boys there with uh, Archer and Aaron Ramsey absolutely tearing it up there in the championship. It's good to see. Yeah. It's, it's good a- to see. It's good to see our young players playing at the top of the championship. It's yeah. kind of that progression. The next stage is obviously being for a good while. Enough. Our senior players were playing in the middle of the championship, so it's, uh, it's definitely a bit of a turnaround. I ended up when I was away recently. I ended up chatting to a guy who's running a pub, was a big Borough fan, and the first thing he said to me was, "Our youngsters were the reason they were where they were at." He said they've been unbelievably impressive and had had particular words for for Cameron Archer. He said was fantastic, and uh, obviously Borough fans a bit biased at the moment, but it's always nice to get those reports from your young players oh absolutely absolutely so i we'll see we'll see they'll be back in the summer we'll Middlesbrough see what not doing our, 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 our claims are getting 15 million from Watford picking <laughs> Davis any from any any, any favours with this with this surge into the playoffs but you know swings and roundabouts yeah well we'll see we'll see how that goes in the summer but at the weekend Sunday's Sunday's coming round and it's the uh, Danny Ings derby um with West Ham absolutely desperate for points at the bottom of the league to to climb away from from the relegation zone, Moises is in, in all sorts of trouble there, and um, they've had mixed fortunes recently. They won four nil at home to Forest the week before, and uh, then they lost by the same scoreline to Brighton last weekend. Um, and they've also got to play their their Conference League game this Thursday against uh, Larnaca in 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 Cyprus. Um, Villa obviously without Kamara, so so Emery will be assessing his options there, um, depending on who's available. How do you see this one going, Craig? Do you think uh, similar approach to last week and keep the away the away form going, or something different? Yeah, well, less less pressure from the from 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 the home fans. Um, you know, shouting obscenities when when we're playing out from the back. West Ham under a lot of pressure at the moment. David Moyes, um, apparently I've, I've read somewhere that he would have been replaced already if there was a suitable alternative. Um, the players apparently at West Ham are are uh, perplexed by his negative style, but um, I don't know what you want from David Moyes, but hey-ho. So it's a real opportunity. West Ham in, in, in a bad moment. We actually have really terrible form against West Ham, so we certainly owe them one. Um, that was uh, that that game earlier in the season where Gerard was on the ropes and West Ham came in and were god awful and beat us anyway with a deflected goal. I think wasn't it in the, in the second half? Um, so we definitely owe them one. 
it's a definitely a good time to be playing West Ham, particularly with an overseas trip on the Thursday night. They don't have the deepest of squads, so there's going to be fatigue there. A, a, an anxious home crowd and, and baying for blood potentially. This could be really good for Aston Villa, particularly as West Ham just got absolutely smashed by Brighton, who, although are obviously further along in their journey than we are, do play a similar kind of possession-based, patient brand of football. If you'd have asked me this question a week ago when Camera was fit, I'd have had a Villa win all day long. In fact, uh, I said after we finished recording last week to Andy that Villa were going to go on a run to to Europe. I, I seriously thought we were going to recreate the kind of 10-game winning streak, but uh, the the Kamara injury is just huge, especially against a team like West Ham, who are probably strongest through the middle with the likes of Declan Rice pulling the ball up there. So if Dendonka's fit, I think we're we're a lot looking a lot better if we've got Callum Chambers in there again and I start to worry a little bit more about it. And the Danny Ings factor as well is just playing in the back of my mind. It's classic Villa <laughs> for Danny Ings to explode onto the scene with a hat-trick or something. But, I mean, I'd... I'd like us to keep the good times rolling because I do think we've got a sneaky chance of getting into Europe still. And I was telling Andy, I'm, I'm getting ready to book that that away day to Larnaca in the Conference League next year. So, so maybe we'll win. Let's hope we win. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I think I, I mean a lot. A lot will depend, like you say, on on the the availability in midfield and and how they choose to 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 get around that. It might it might mean they have to take a slightly different approach. Um, and of course. Emery is the is is the man for that, isn't it? I re- always remember us bemoaning Dean Smith for playing uh, uh, sw- switching El Ghazi in for for Grealish when he was injured, but playing exactly the same way, <laughs> not <laughs> not acknowledging the fact that his best player and the player he he, he built everything around was uh, was not there. Um, but this is uh, you know it's it's a different different thing now, isn't it? And I'm sure. Emery will be working on um, on a plan and a way to kind of combat West Ham's strengths. I, I do worry more about West Ham at home. I think if they can, if they get an early goal, get that crowd behind them, you know, they're they're a really difficult. Uh, it's a really difficult place to to be. Um, conversely, if you if you get the crowd agitated, I think um, they're a long way from the pitch there, and I think I think the players. Feel a bit isolated on there um, at, at, at times, and I think uh, I think it doesn't always work in their favour. So, um, yeah, I mean, maybe I'm reading too much into that, but I I quite like this one this weekend. I feel like we're we're kind of primed for it, and we're we're playing well. We believe in what we're doing, and I think I think it could be a you know a, a, a good chance to extend the run, and then you start looking at. Uh, catching the, those teams above us but there's a long way to go there's a lot of teams to catch ahead of us isn't there um but yeah I'm, I'm quite looking forward to this I'm, I'm feeling feeling relatively confident um so what do you think Predi- prediction Craig uh 2-0 Aston Villa 2-0 good good I'll take oh, I'm worried about this one I'm gonna say 0-0 draw which I'd take all day long mm, yeah I was good I was gonna say 2-0 perhaps I'll go 1-0 yeah, go go for one. Although Danny Ings is going to score, isn't it? Yeah. I wonder yeah. if Villa did a little <laughs> bit of a, a cheeky one. You know, sometimes when there's a a deal, there's like a gentleman's handshake that the player doesn't play in in the next fixture. I wonder if there's something like that afoot. But 
you know, we know, we know, we know Danny Ings. Um, we know what he is. We know what he isn't. We've seen firsthand for 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 eighteen months. If he's presented with a good chance, he will he will kill you. However, if you um, if you pump long balls into him or long diagonals into him, Stephen Gerrard style, he is less effective. <laughs> so we'll see what Danny Ings does. The, the one player that is playing really well for them, I think, at the moment, is Bowen. I think yeah. he's their he's their main man, isn't he? He's their he's their hope really, um, and I think he's 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 certainly driving the team on in similar way to perhaps Jack Grealish did for us a couple of years ago, and he's um, he's really kind of uh, determined. I think um, he's got uh, he's got his 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 future father in law <laughs> watching from the stands as well, which which. You know, might be a motivating factor for him, but um, yeah, he's uh, he's he's um, he's certainly uh, um, doing well, and you know, we'll need to make sure we've we've got him under wraps for sure. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna change. I'm gonna go two one, two one Villa. Danny Ings will score for them. <laughs> so, <laughs> now I've said it, it won't happen. You see. So <laughs> um, anyway, thank thank thanks again, guys. For uh, nice to see you both. Both back this week. It's been uh, it's been good to to chat over that game and and look ahead to West Ham. And if you are going to West Ham, um, have a great day. Uh, thanks for listening again, everyone. Um, obviously, head over to the to the website, check out underagaslitlamp.com and give us a follow on the socials and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Um, we'll be back next week, hopefully, uh, talking about another three points and a step towards the Conference League. Um, But until then, stay safe and up the villa.